Hello and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Rebecca and Kristen, and we have a very special guest with us today. Rebecca West Hensinger, your new Mrs. Pennsylvania Petite 2023. Welcome to the show. Ah, Thank you so much, girls. It's really an honor to be here. I'm really excited because we have had so many guests with the name Kristen, Christy, something with the K, and this is our first ever second Rebecca. Ah, let's go. It's a good time, (laughs) right? I'm so excited. Plus, you and I have been friends on social media forever. So, so good to get to have you on the podcast and tell all of our listeners about you and just get to know you better. So tell us a little bit just about who you are as Rebecca. Sure, sure. So it's always, I always say it's that age old pageant question. Tell us about yourself, man, that question gets me every time. Why is it so hard? (laughs) So I'm a wife and a mom. I am from Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, For many years, I was a kindergarten teacher, but now I am a fitness instructor and a custom cookie designer and artist. So things really kind of took a turn. Uh, I am a former member of USAT Team USA Triathlon. And hobby-wise, I really enjoy anything that involves adrenaline or competition, mostly rock climbing, ice climbing, cycling, open water swimming. And, you know, in my free time, I would like to say that I'm just trying to get my 13-year-old to finish his homework every night. Um, I try to get my Siberian Husky to not further destroy my house. And really, I'm just looking for nine hours of sleep every night. Is that too much for a girl to ask? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't well, know wait, when, when you could fit that time, in. I'm thinking like, well, no, that's like your free time. You're like doing all this competition. You're like, but then when I happen to have some free time, I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you might have more hours in the day than the rest of us. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I wake up every morning just ready to go. Well, and we are recording actually partway through the day because you were doing something important this morning, your oh, spin class. Yeah. yeah, three days a week I teach a spin class and that's on my face. I know maybe listeners, well, hopefully you can't see it, but I am like red and purple until like seven o'clock at night because those classes are intense and they're so much fun. I mean, really, I feel like part fitness instructor part DJ, part motivator. It's a really great job for me. I love it. It's so funny to me how intense and fit you are and you like love fitness. You love teaching fitness. You're so outdoorsy, but then you are a baker and a cookie artist. It's just the funniest like dichotomy, I feel like. Oh, you said my favorite word, Rebecca. Dichotomy is my absolute favorite word because like, like, you know, the definition, it's just, you're both ends of the spectrum. And then Mm -hmm. everywhere in between too, you know, people can't get boxed in by being just one way, like fast pace, because you also have to explore the slower pace. And there's a lot of lessons in that. Okay. I just started doing spin, maybe like a month and a half ago, and I go four or five days a week. 
and I need tips. How can, <laughs> how can I best maximize my time there? It's a 45 minute class. I should probably ask you not on the show, but I'm just going to put you on the spot because I want a spin coach to actually tell me how can I maximize this time? How can I not burn myself out? Mm-hmm. But hurts a lot. Ooh, that- very common complaint. Very common complaint. I mean, maybe invest in a padded seat, but you will okay. get used to it. Or padded shorts, or padded shorts. I mean, they're they're really not so cute. So maybe go for the padded seat. And you really want to know what my secret is, and this is ridiculous. I drink two cans of seltzer during class, and my class is seventy five minutes. And then once a week, we do ninety. So I drink like a huge bottle of water plus two of those like unflavored seltzers, like those bubblies or whatever. And it's just like that little zing and it also settles your stomach. So maybe try seltzer. Okay. That is so far from what you're, I thought you would ever say, cause I don't know if I would have ever even thought to drink seltzer. I mean, it's only oh, 45 yeah. minutes and I'm, and you're like, I mean, that's nothing. <laughs> that's like your warm no, up. <laughs> for, no, for, well, here it is. It really depends on your instructor. Like if you find yourself getting bored or just kind of maxed out and you're not like so stimulated, maybe you need another class. I mean, do you enjoy the music or if your mind is wandering, what is it that's making your mind wander? Because indoor cycling is, I mean, it really is a practice. You have to really want to be there to sit in a dark and ride a bike that goes nowhere for 45 minutes. Like that's mental. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love it. I love everything about it. Um, it's become like my new drug of choice. I like to say, I, I do really like it. It's just, and some days I don't even notice it. And then some days I come out and I'm just like, my butt hurts right now. But I will look into the padded bike seat and I'll throw that. I mean, that would probably feel pretty good, honestly. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's very popular. I mean, most people, most people bring one to my class. I feel like you're not necessarily a long, long, long long-term pageant girl. You were maybe later to life in pageantry. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in it, your journey into pageants, why you chose to compete, all of it. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, for the record, I'm going to be 41 in one week. And I've been involved in the Mrs. Pageant realm for about going on five years. And it's something I always wanted to do. From the time I was a little girl, you hear the story, very similar story all the time, watched everything on TV, begged and pleaded to my mother, oh, please let me sign up for Miss Junior Allentown, please, 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 you know, only to be met with the very responsible answer of, you know, Becky, you're on another path. You're about to go to college. You know, your degree is going to be in education. You need to be focused. And we just, my family didn't have the finances to support that kind of um, a dream or avocation at the time. So, you know, fast forward to many, many, many years later, when I was 36, I was in a play a, in a community theater. And unfortunately, nobody, like, nobody came to see it. It was really, really sad. <laughs> like the advertising was horrible. And so I remember being on stage and looking out into the audience and seeing pretty much nobody except for a woman smack in the front row, dead center, 
in a crown and sash watching the play. And I'm like, who in the world is this? How, well, how did Miss America get to Allentown, Pennsylvania to see our stupid show? Like, <laughs> she's wasting her time. And then I saw her after and I'm like, Mrs. Lehigh Valley. I didn't even know there was a Mrs. Lehigh Valley. And then I started following her online and I was really, really inspired by this woman, especially with how professional she came off, you know, in a, a really nice tailored suit. And I'm like, wow, I just, I don't know if I can see myself like that realistically, but I want to be like that. I want to be elevated to that point. But fast forward even further, I mean, I woke up one morning and just thought to myself, I think this is the time in my life to do something like this. You know, my marriage was in a really solid place. Everything was kind of in order. You know, financially, it wouldn't be such a big strain on us. And so I applied for a local title for Miss of Pennsylvania America as a total newcomer, like so many of us out there, just taking that plunge for the first time. And you won that first year, correct? Yeah, it was so great. It was so awesome. My family was just jazzed. Let me tell you, I will never forget my dad and my sons and my husband's reactions on that really special day that will always live in my memory. So you went on and competed at Mrs. America. And we mm -hmm. talk a lot about Mrs. America week just because we're both, um, you know, forever queens is what we like to say on the show of the America system. And there is a costume competition, which is one of my favorite portions of the competition. Now your costume competition didn't go exactly as planned, did it? Ha! It definitely <laughs> didn't. It definitely didn't. You know, and I was a newcomer. I'm like, costume? What? Is this Halloween? And Pennsylvania, I'm like, oh boy, what is Pennsylvania known for? And so much of it had been done in the past, like the Liberty Bell, um, the signing of the Declaration, and you know, so many things like that. The Phillies baseball team. I'm like, what is something totally out of the box? Well, I found out that the state insect was a firefly. So I hired a designer to make me a firefly costume that was gonna light up and everything. Paid her a deposit, and then I never heard from her again. It was a literal ghost situation. And something like that had never happened to me before. So I'm like, wait, what's going on? Now I have no costume and we're a month out. So I waited another week waited a little bit more, still didn't hear back from her. And finally, it was like a week and a half before I left. And I'm like, I got to take this into my own hands. So I found out that the bubblegum flavor was invented in Philadelphia. And if you think about it, what is the flavor of bubblegum? It's like a combination of many different flavors. You can't really put your finger on it, right? Right. So I'm like, well, let's do pink because who doesn't love pink? And I want to wear a ball gown because, you know, being new to Mrs. Pageants, when I first thought of a gown for evening gown competition, I thought of like Cinderella style. Yeah, well, you don't do that in the Mrs. Division. You do that if you're like a preteen. I still want to wear a ball gown. I want it to be pink. So I went to David's Bridal. I got a ball gown, ball wedding gown on clearance. I stopped at Home Depot and got some pink spray paint. I went home. I laid this beautiful gown out on my front lawn. 
I said a very serious prayer and I spray painted that thing pink. I'm like, this is going to work or it's not, but I have faith that it will. And then I had a printing company make me a sash that had like little bubble gum candies on it. And I had this idea to do a really epic set of balloons. So I worked with a balloon designer in Las Vegas. He's like, well, I'm just going to put them on a stick for you so they're easier to handle. And he did these beautiful, clear, uh, perfect circle balloons with smaller pink balloons inside of it to resemble gumballs. And when they delivered it to the Westgate, <laughs> getting deliveries <laughs> at Westgate is very difficult. We all know this. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. They couldn't even get it through the door. Oh my God. <laughs> they had to go around through the back. Then they couldn't get it through the door of the Westgate showroom. So Tana Johnson is looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm getting, I paid like all this money for these balloons. Can we please find a way to get them backstage, which you know is just so roomy. Where are we going to put these humongous balloons? But we did make it work. And I had the time of my life. I had so much fun. And I was shocked when I won Whimsical Costume. And that was just another such a cool moment. I have great photos of that moment. When everything goes wrong and you have to just pick up the pieces and make it work. And it, then it turns out like you win an award or even if you don't win the award and it just all comes together so perfectly in a totally different way. You're like, that was so worth it. That was absolutely yes. worth all of the stress, all the craziness. I'm so glad I did that because you learned so much I'm sure about like yourself and tenacity and how to just pull yourself together and be resilient but also it makes you really independent on I really didn't need to hire somebody I could have just done this myself the whole time thank you amen I agree Rebecca I feel like we're such kindred spirits you couldn't I feel like I'm listening to myself talk it's so true the bottom line is rely on you you have to Mm -hmm. rely on you like you said don't rely on a designer because in many different ways, you could probably do it just as good or maybe even better on your own because the costume is supposed to be part of you. Like it's part of, it's supposed to be a creative process. The only thing I regret and now looking towards Petite USA and thinking of my costume for that, that I really think a costume should be a reflection of something that you want to reiterate to the judges. So do I want to mm-hmm. tell the judges like I'm pink bubblegum? No, I mean, I don't regret it. That was fun. But looking forward, I really think that mm-hmm. your costume should be another extension and reminder of who you are and what you want to be known for. So after you competed at Mrs. America, you've had several more successes in pageantry. And now looking ahead, tell us a little bit about why you've chosen to compete at Petite. Ooh, so <clears throat> when I gave up my title of USOA, Mrs. Pennsylvania, Back in September, I was all set to compete at large, an at-large title. I had paid my deposit and everything. And, you know, over the summer, I had spoken to the outgoing Petite USA Mrs. Her name is Nancy. I had spoken to her on the phone several times. I had watched their national pageant. And there was just something in me that was pulling me in that direction. And really it was the personal connection that I had with Nancy. And also, you know, really the deciding factor was when I gave up the USOA Pennsylvania crown this past September, 
I felt such a sense of closure and that my time was done and that it wasn't my time anymore for USOA. And that vision or that dream of competing again at nationals, just, it really fizzled for me and I was okay with that. I'm like, you know, I had a great time at USOA. I was second runner up. I was really, really happy with that. That was beyond anything that I could have ever um, expected of myself. I was really, really happy. And I'll never forget those, those moments. Like I said, I love anything involving like competition or adrenaline. And the, you girls know the adrenaline of being on stage and waiting for your name to be called, but they're still calling it like, it's just so much fun. Like I live for those moments, but I'm like, you know, I, I think I'm done. I think this is it. Cause if I go back and what if I don't do as well as I did last time? And there's a very, very good chance that I won't because it's all just a matter, a matter of the mood of the day and the judges and my performance and just really what God intends. And I just felt myself being pulled another way. And so, you know, I wrote a very nice letter to Tannis, the USOA national director, and to my state director, Denise, who I love so, so dearly. And I, I explained to them, it's not my time anymore. And then I decided, <laughs> like so many of us in pageantry, I was like, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm like, thanks. I, I love yeah. you all. It's not my time, but I think it's my time to do something else. And I thought about kind of sitting on it until like January or February, but I can't sit on anything. I was just too much ready to go. So, you know, three weeks later, I applied for uh, Mrs. Petit, or sorry, Mrs. Pennsylvania Petit title, which is at large. We don't have state directorship at this time. I was approved and now I'm ready to go for August, 2023. Uh, okay, so where are they having it in August? Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. And then, so the first time I heard about um, Mrs. Petit is there was a woman in Ohio that was going to compete for it. And she is teeny tiny short. (laughs) There's no other way to say it. She's just not a tall woman. And anytime I've seen a picture of you, I've always thought you were the statuesque, super tall woman. So when I heard (laughs) about this, I was like, wait a second. Like, is she like fudging her application here? Or is she actually not very tall? That's so funny, girlfriend. I'm five, four and a half. Yeah. I I would have never guessed. I'm pretty, I'm pretty average height, but you know what? And I don't want to sound weird or anything, but I think maybe it's just the way that I hold myself, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I feel, I feel bigger than I think I actually stand. And, you know, it's funny because I got an email from someone I know in Philly who was looking for models for Fox News this Friday in Philadelphia to model bridal coats. And I'm like, oh, so cool. Cause it had just snowed in Philadelphia. And I'm like, wow, to wear this, you know, winter bridal coat and to model on Fox News, um, what a dream, but you have to be five, seven. So it doesn't matter that I'm reliable I'm experienced, I'm available, and I have a good attitude, and maybe I have, you know, the look they're going for, but I'm not 5'7 or above, so therefore, 
I'm disqualified before they even meet me. And I don't know who came up with, um, you know, the belief that sample clothing or clothing in general looks good or even better on a certain frame or height, but I just don't agree. Totally. Well, I don't agree either now because I would have never thought you were, <laughs> you were short. <laughs> you're, I mean, like I'm taller than you and I don't even always consider myself a tall woman. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like it is, it's the way you carry yourself and the way that you you know, I've mostly just seen you walk on stage. I watched USOA last year. And so I was able to watch you and yeah, you look like a very statuesque woman. So oh, you're so nice. I'm excited to see you. <laughs> Wait, say it again. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I, wa- I want to ditch designer. those heels. <laughs> I want to ditch those heels. And that's what I wrote in my petite USA application. I said, I am ready to retire the six inch heels. I have my shoes picked out for nationals and they're like, they're four inches. And I'm so excited. Like, I, I'm just going to carry myself in such a different way. And also for the misses for petite, um, it's not swimsuit, it's fitness. And so you get to wear sneakers. So I already bought those super cute glittery, uh, who's the designer? You know which ones I mean, like Mark the rose Dane. gold. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, honey. I already bought those. So I'm already like parading around in my living room with my headphones on. I've never competed in sneakers before. It's so different. You'll love it. I've never done. Oh yeah, because you did it for international. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll love yeah. it. It's oh, way different, you but you'll love it. You'll love it. I'm excited. So, we haven't even touched yet on your platform and why you compete in pageantry outside of mm-hmm. the getting on stage, the getting to kind of push yourself in the adrenaline. What is the sort of the reason behind it all? Why do you keep coming back? What is your why? Yes. So, you know, being on stage is great, like you said, but that's like two or three days out of every other day out of the year, you know, another 362 days. So the reason why I got involved besides to try something new is when I figured out that everybody had to have a platform. I'm like, hmm, what's that going to be for me? What's the one thing that, has really kind of like in essence broken my heart over the years and you know growing up for me as a little girl times weren't always easy um, because my both of my parents struggled greatly with drugs and alcohol and my father was in and out of rehab in and out of my life Um, and it's actually something that I don't even remember when he really solidly came back into my life I was about 12 years old and I have no memory of him before then because he was so tied up in substances. And I really, really believe that virtually no parent would choose drugs or alcohol over their child. But that grip that addiction can have on you, it just kind of turns you into another creature and it makes you do things that you don't even want to do. So watching my parents struggle with that, and now my dad has 31 years clean, 31 going on 32. I mean, that's just a lifetime. And so I think of all of the kids today who have a parent in rehab or even have parents who are incarcerated or have lost a parent to the disease of addiction. I just think to myself, I could have been one of them 
but my story actually has a really happy ending. I have a great relationship with both of my parents. I'm not a number and my parents aren't a statistic or a number either. So because we've come out on the other side, I really feel like it's part of my responsibility to share that hope. So my platform surrounds drug prevention and education. So I have a couple different relationships with elementary schools in the state where I go in and I do a coloring contest with K through five kids and it's celebratory, it's artistic and it's hundred percent free to them. But my whole impetus for doing that because I'm a former teacher is because I know that kids wanna do something fun and hands-on. And when they do that, they remember it. So I come into their classroom in crown and sash, which is a crazy day for them anyway. And then we do this coloring contest and then there's prizes involved. And then I do a very candid talk about why they should stay away from drugs and alcohol because they will be met with that decision one day. Most of the schools I visit are inner city, though I should note, there's absolutely no correlation between any kind of demographic walk of life and addiction. It could really happen to anyone. I just so happen to live in an urban area. So, you know, that coloring contest is hopefully something that stands out in their mind. So all of my prevention surrounds an artistic activity and a very candid conversation. And myself, as a woman, I gave up alcohol um, in August 2021. I've been drinking rather recklessly since I was 19. Like to say I'm a, you know, former college party girl, like many of us or not many of us, but that was really my thing for a while. It wasn't drugs for me. It was alcohol. It was my way of cutting loose or having fun or, you know, I felt like it was all around me. And then in August, 2021, I just thought enough is enough and I'm going to cut this out of my life and I can't believe I'm going to do it. But here I am like 15 months later and all the better. So, yeah. so I, and I kind of feel like for myself, because, you know, my platform is eating disorder prevention. Mm -hmm. I've always felt like if I am speaking about that to a group of kids and I'm not living an eating disorder free life, it doesn't really make sense. And how can I really speak about that? And so I would feel that you might feel that same way. So be really hard oh, for man, you to yes. advocate and talk about that if you're not necessarily living the same message you're teaching. So I get a hundred percent why you feel so called to do that. Even if you didn't necessarily have a full, what you would consider traditional addiction, maybe it was just not the healthiest choices for you. It's the same way mm -hmm. I feel if I'm on a diet or doing something that I know is not healthy for me, for my journey of healing in my eating disorder recovery, I cannot go speak in front of a classroom and teach these kids that same message. So I love that you're just so authentic to your message. Oh, girl, you again, like you, you said it, you hit the nail on the head. That's it. And it's so incredible to me that your platform for you and my platform for me, if it really is part of us, and it's not just something we're doing for a pageant, right? right. Not at all. We've kind of elevated ourselves to that next level by really quote unquote, like walking the walk. And like you said, very authentically, you know, and it took me a while to get there. How can I go into these elementary classrooms and talk about how drugs and alcohol you know, are, are, are dangerous. Drugs are dangerous. Alcohol can be very dangerous for certain people. You know, meanwhile, I'm on vacation, like 
drinking two bottles of wine with my husband. Something doesn't connect there. And it did take me a while to really kind of fess up to myself, like, hey, that doesn't make any sense. And it would be great for you to stop. You've been, you know, you've had an unhealthy relationship with alcohol since you were 19. That's 21 years. (laughs) That's a long time. But you know what? I got through my 40th birthday sober. I got through Christmas, New Year's, USOA Nationals, where my husband and I had a big after party at the Wynn Hotel. I got through all that without even a glass of champagne. And guess what? I hardly even missed it. And now it's just my way of life. And I feel so much better. Now you're doing something on Instagram that is really cool. You're actually interviewing title holders and you have a whole series called sisterhood speaks and I want to hear more about it oh thanks so you know I had had this idea a couple months ago because I spend a minimum of 90 minutes on the phone with my best girlfriend every day I don't even know what we talk about I have no idea and we're both getting through our day like I'm making cookies she's doing her work from home thing I mean my airpods usually die by this time of day anyway Um, because, you know, we're just gabbing it up on the phone. And, you know, I'm a 40-year-old woman, but I have more friends now than I ever had in any other phase of my life, including high school and college. You know, and I was a sorority girl. I was surrounded by friends. Were they really friends? (laughs) You know, but I feel like I have true friendship now. And that really came about in my life after I started competing in pageants. And I feel like, I call it like the outside world, people who don't maybe know so much about pageantry or are confused by it or don't even know that there's a Mrs. Division, you know, they're like, wait, how can you be friends with the people who you compete with? And actually my two very best girlfriends, I competed with both of them. Um, Kate Schneider, I competed with her at Mrs. America, which is where we really solidified our friendship. And then we both competed together at Mrs. World, and she ended up becoming the next Mrs. World. Love her. Um, but it didn't even it didn't even like dawn on us until we were backstage waiting for that curtain to go up, and we kind of looked at each other like, "Hey, it could be you. It could be you. It could be you. Wait, but I want it. But you want it. Well, <laughs> we could be each other's competition. How cool is that?" You know, and then my other best girlfriend, Tiffany, I competed with her two times in two different systems. These truly are my very, very best girlfriends. And it really got me thinking about why is friendship so important? And if we are, you know, at any phase of our life when we're busy, we have lots of things going on. We have tight schedules. It's so important for us to make time for friendship. But how does that work? And in 2022... What does it look like? Do we pick up the phone? Do we text? Do we send emojis? Do we even have time for that? And so I wanted to dedicate a weekly time in my life to talk to women and share their stories who inspire me, who I know they will also be inspiring anybody who tunes in. So we talk about pageantry, yeah. But I like the, the main theme of the show to be all about friendship and why it's just integral. It really is. Yes. I think Rebecca and I could both attest to what you just said about pageantry, building friendships. 
And it is, it's hard for people to understand. My husband still doesn't get it. Like it's hard for people to understand if you're competing against somebody else in in such a subjective sport, Mm. like how that could possibly, how you guys could possibly like be friends or why would you ever want to really help the other one? And until you're really in it, I feel like you don't get it because it is, it's like in the air and you have some bad ones every once in a while, but they're few and far between. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And then, you know, when you leave a pageant that, you know, you have, you've made a really good friend, maybe you walk away with two or three people who, you know, you're going to stay in touch with, man, you miss them afterwards. You feel like you're just so sad and you want to reconnect so badly. So what is it about that, that very human thing where we're just, we want to connect with other people, but we have to make time for it. Well, and it's, I mean, it's a shared experience thing too, because like for me, I had never done anything like Mrs. America week. Like that was <laughs> so unique in an experience that there, like no one will understand unless they've done it. And yes. so in that too, you guys, you, you all kind of get each other. You might not be best friends with everybody. There will be a couple you're going to buddy up with, but like you all get it. <laughs> You know, I went to Target and they were sold out a sugar-free Red Bull while I was there and press on nails. And I was like, son of a gun, like all these you pageant know. women are clearing out the sugar-free Red Bull and the press on nails. Like ladies, fess up. Who was it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Share of fun. the goods. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I, I think somebody would share, but, or maybe they, they just won't would. tell you. <laughs> They were right, right. Okay. Well, Rebecca, we always end every episode with Chris's question of the week. So you can answer or you can choose not to, but we would really love it if you would like to answer. Are you ready? Oh, sure. Okay. Hit me. So you have had your own physical transformation with competing with long hair or short hair. If your director Mm. came to you and said, you have to compete with this particular hairstyle, how would you react? Yo, that's happened to me. That's happened to me at Pennsylvania America. So I had bangs for a really long time, like since fourth grade, right? Like since the early 90s. And it's just my thing because I have a really wide forehead. I'm a little self-conscious of it. And it's just the way that I like to wear my hair. It's kind of my thing. I'm used to it. And right after I won PA America, she said to me, and she's no longer the director, she said, here's my tip for you, grow out your bangs because they're making, you know, they don't look right. They're making you look too young. I'm like, okay, you know, I, I'm green. I'll take it. I'll take people's advice if I feel like they're looking out for me. Sure. So she told me to grow my bangs out. Well, I didn't. I just kept pinning them back and pinning them back. Got to Mrs. America. I was wearing them in like a side swoop. It looked so ridiculous. I looked like Donald Trump. Like, <laughs> And you know, Rebecca, I'm going to send you pictures after this because it just, it looked so contrived and I wasn't confident those first two days, like orientation and whatever was the next day. But the following day, the girl who was doing my hair, she pulled my bangs down and she kind of lifted them and curled them. And I was like, ah, and actually that was the day, that was the day of Elvis sweet. And I walked into the lobby ready for Elvis suite in an outfit I felt really good about. 
And I swear to you, people looked at me different. People like saw me for the first mm -hmm. time. Just those bangs and the way, the different way that I carried myself, because I yeah. felt more like me. People were, girls were like, who are Who's you? That? And, yeah. um, and you know what? When I was able to, to be top 15, my first national pageant, I was shocked. Um, I really think it is because I decided to put my bangs down. Mm -hmm. other things too but I felt more like myself and not the way that somebody told me that I should be so there's my long answer <laughs> I have a problem like with with wrapping it up Rebecca as a coach I'm sure you can it's okay probably glean that I I actually really enjoy this story that came along with it so I appreciate it because <laughs> I think we've all had an instance, maybe not necessarily with hairstyles, but with a dress or an outfit where we wish in hindsight that we would have maybe stood up for ourselves or expressed our opinion. And that was just a perfect example of where you, like looking back, you did do it, but maybe if you would have done it sooner, it would have just been better long-term. 100%. You know, I like to comply. Mm -hmm. I like to follow directions. You know, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm not like you know, the black sheep or whatever, trying to like go against the grain and just do what I want. But um, in a situation like that, I really am glad that it worked out the way it did. Yeah. All right, Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, why don't you tell everybody where uh, they can follow your journey? Uh, thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun. It was, it was great girl talk. So I live on social media. <laughs> Uh, my handle is at mrs.rebecca.west.hensinger. That's at Instagram. And then my other page where I post more about um, athletics and competitions is at Rebecca Runs Happy 35 on Instagram. Oh, I don't follow that one. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I do. Oh, I'm going to go follow that one. That sounds Yeah, fun. Rebecca Runs Happy 35. I mean, I don't always run happy, but I try to. <laughs> <laughs> Who really actually loves running? I mean, <laughs> there are a few, and I don't. There are a few, I of do them. and I don't. There's a few, but we'll be sure to tag both accounts whenever we post the episode and in the show notes so that everybody can follow you along while you are preparing and getting ready to compete at Mrs. Petite USA. And we will be cheering you along in your journey and wishing you the very best. Thank you. It's so good to meet you finally. I know. It's so good to see you in the virtual world as That's close as right. we can be. You girls are and awesome. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you. you. And you mm -hmm. can follow us at Pageant Buzz Pod on Instagram, as Rebecca always says. Don't forget to sparkle. Follow us on Instagram at Pageant Buzz Pod for all things Pageant Buzz.